Good evening, everybody. Uh, here we are, Wednesday, the 27th of April, episode number 71 of So What's Been Happening on a fine, um, oh, it's a little balmy, um, so, uh, we, well, cross, crossing crossing seasons um, as we are at the moment on a Wednesday night, coming to you from Melbourne. Um, lots of things happening at the moment. It's an exciting time. Things looking like they're finally ramping up. We've seen some record number crowds uh, at some events, which is fantastic to see. Festivals are kind of getting back in swing. Uh, winter obviously dies off a little bit with festival world, but um, it's a great time for artists to get out and about and start touring. Um, and one of those is obviously Matt Joe Gow, who we'll speak to shortly, um, who's currently on the road, which is an exciting time. Finally out of his, out of his apartment in, uh, in sunny Melbourne and finally... Well, well, we'll we'll find out where he is anyway uh, shortly. So before we do, let's bring up Cuz for a chat. How are you? Hey, Ez. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Welcome to another Wednesday night, episode 71. 71, hey? Yes. Who'd have thought we'd get this far, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's exciting, actually. We we had a little bit of a break there for a while, um, and it's we're kind of coming back with a vengeance, trying to get back into the swing of it. Um, but it's great to be out and about again. And look, as you said, mate, at the, at the start, it's wonderful to see that people are going to sport, people are going to see gigs, even things like going to the movies, out for dinner with the family. Really good. I think Easter just going and school holidays, that was a really good eye open to sort of see that people are going down to their caravans or their holiday houses and that sort of stuff. And um, me and the Jody and the kids were lucky to do that as well, have a bit of time away. And it was just good to be out. And that was the... That was the good general consensus. There wasn't the blame game that stopped and people were just happy to be out living some sort of normality again, which is good. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, mate, but the, finally the big word C, C, C for COVID, um, is rearing its ugly head again. Uh, there used to be a time not so long ago where I don't think anyone knew of anyone that actually had COVID. Now it's a case of if you haven't had it by now, you you kind of missed out, haven't you? Um, but it's it's... There is, it's a bit of a worry coming into winter. Masks are, masks are off. Um, no more check-ins. It's all a bit bizarre, um, but we're kind of now back back into it. Yeah, look, we are, and it's probably hit, like obviously a sport that you and I both love, obviously the AFL is getting hit by it well, but look, they managed it very well last year and they'll manage it again this year. I think the biggest thing now is just the common sense approach to it, like, I think the big issue that a lot of people have, especially with the close contact thing, is a lot of people who were close contacts weren't getting sick. And the flow and effect to that was they couldn't go and, and perform their normal duties, whether it be in hospitality, um, in the health fraternity or things like that. So that's probably the flow and effect. And I think I think governments, state and federal, sort of got their heads together a bit, which is a good thing to see, and thought, look, it is what it is. Let's just manage it the best we can. Yeah. And just on that, please, when you're out and about um, in amongst bars, venues uh, at the moment, please be patient. Um, uh, you know, the hospitality staff are trying their best. They're super understaffed. Uh, it's hard enough to try and get venues up and going again, um, get artists to play uh, and have everyone have the confidence to get out there again. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen, uh, seen some ugly instances a couple of times recently of just people, not taking that deep breath and just realizing, put yourself in someone else's, um, you know, position, uh, and you know, just take your time, 
there's no hurry. We're all there. We're having some fun. We're out and about. Just enjoy it. And um, yeah, don't don't let it go pear shaped. That's for sure. We don't want yeah, that happening yeah. again. So, as much as you don't want to sound like a preaching thing, that they're wise words, mate. Because at the end of the day, and we've said this many times, you and I on here, and also when we've just caught up outside of the podcast. Just use common sense. Like, it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. So let's take that deep breath. They're not going to get it right. I'm, I'm yet to meet anybody who's perfect. So let's just take that deep breath, step back, and things will keep going along. Absolutely. All right. Um, just before we kick off with Matt, um, we're just going to bring up a couple of famous number 71s. That have come up in in our world is about a minute. Did a little bit of research on the seventy one, so I've got a couple of gems for you in a minute too as well. Look forward to that. It was a big year. There we go, cuz seventy one, mate. Some absolute fantastic, some absolutely fantastic vision there. As we've touched on before, mate, I love it how with the NFL and so the the NHL in the states that higher the number, it's not so much a derogatory thing or a a down thing, whereas here in Australia with the AFL, in your first game, if you get 71, it's, well, mate, we're thinking it might be your first and only game, whereas in, and I know you're more, a lot more bigger fan of the hockey with me. They love it over there, don't they? The higher the numbers, almost like a badge of courage, isn't it? Absolutely, and probably the greatest player of all time, Wayne Gretzky, wearing 99, mate. You don't get much yep. higher than that. So, <laughs> exactly right. Now, um, mate, you stole a little bit of my thunder, probably not intentionally. Just obviously, as you know, mate, you're a bit of a – you've probably brought me back into the love of live music and that, so I did a couple of quick checks, a little bit of homework on 1971, the, the top five songs, 1971. Mate, one of the greatest at the top, Stairway to Heaven from Led, from Led Zeppelin, one of the best. Then some interesting ones. Then we've got um, another beautiful song by an amazing man, Imagine, by John Lennon, came out in 71 after leaving the, the amazing Beatles. Then we've had Al Green, or as he likes to sometimes be referred to as the Reverend Al Green with What's Going On. What a, what a great then song. Then we've got, um, no, sorry, What's Going On. Take that back. That's the from the amazing Marvin Gaye, who was unfortunately killed by his mm-hmm. own father. Yep. In the 80s. Then Al Green, number four, with What's Going On. Then probably one of the most iconic songs of all time by this artist, and you did mention it in the little clip before, Maggie May by Rod Stewart. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's the top five. Got to give an honourable mention to one of the most iconic songs ever written. Came in at number six. I'll give you a clue. It was covered by Madonna in the 90s, and some say she butchered it. Yeah, right. Go with it. Who is it? American Pie came in at number six. Yeah, right. So it's so yeah, interesting right. to sort of throw the top, no disrespect to Marvin Gaye, Old Green, they're wonderful songs, but I'll look at us at our age, like um, American Pie is possibly one of the most iconic songs ever written, isn't it, really? Well, don't forget America with uh, a horse with no name, mate. What a song. What a song. I absolutely love it. All right. Let's get into it, mate. We've got an exciting guest. We've only got a couple of minutes with uh, this young man who we've had on before. Massive show favorite for us. Uh, and it's a really exciting time. It's We titled this one Release Time. 
and it's time to release. Absolutely. It's finally here. Uh, can't wait. This must be a really exciting time for our next guest. Let's bring him up, Mr. Matt Joe Gow. How are you, Matt? Welcome back. Hey, how are you going? Hey, Matt. Good to be back. Absolutely. Thanks for spending minutes with have us. You got your flippers, have you got your flippers on, mate? It's a little bit wet up north, yeah, they tell me, at the moment in New South is. Wales. Very wet up here in Sydney. And uh, I was uh, I got drenched today and got drenched yesterday walking in the rain. So it's pretty miserable, actually, you know. it's I see... You know, I see a lot of people's faces. They look pretty down. They're over it. So I get it. Yeah, it must be awful. Not um, not songwriting weather, Matt? Well, I mean, I've been in Tamworth, and I, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of musicians there from Sydney, and I think that they were really – I mean, we were all excited to be playing live music again, but I now understand they've been in this terrible, terrible weather, and Tamworth was 26, 27 every day and sunny, so – it was really Sydney musos were really loving it. I, yeah. I did see on a news report, I think yesterday, and it wasn't an exaggeration. They basically said, look, as we're coming into almost the end of April, it's basically rain. They said nearly every second day in the CBD and surrounds since January. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's not fun. I'm kind of. I used to think their weather was better than Melbourne's, but now I changed my mind. Yeah, but it's i mean it's good to be up here playing shows as i said we played a ton of shows this last week in tamworth and just got a couple days off now to do a little bit of catching up press whatever it is and then uh back to another couple shows so before i head back sorry cuz one thing i noticed was was uh Third time lucky tour, mate. Um, it's always yeah. interesting what you call a tour. Uh, this yeah. is no no exception, mate. Uh, yeah. a long I don't think that's what I thought into the tour names, but that one was an easy one. Actually, our agent Greg came up with that one. He was like, "Why don't we call it?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's a good one." So it, I think it literally is the third time we tried to do the tour. So um, I think it worked well. Yeah, just on that, Matt, um, obviously an extensive amount of dates just here through yeah. April and then into what's coming up in the, in the May um, as well. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's not easy to pull together a tour like that. Um, and especially... Yeah, in- yeah it's, it's tough. It's tiring, especially when you've already booked it three times. You know, it's, this is the third time. So it's, yeah, it was exas- exacerbating and it was exhausting but we were relentless and eventually got to play most of the dates, not all of them, but most of the dates. Um, and even then it wasn't without, it wasn't easy. Like my flight was delayed to the point where I missed a show, had to turn up the next day. My guitars didn't turn up. My guitarist guitars didn't turn up. My bass player literally didn't turn up himself. Um, it's, it, there was, it was tough. It was not nothing was given to us this this tour, I tell you. So, yeah. So now it's it's nice a bit of downtime. My voice is tired after about ten shows, and um, just taking a couple of days and then focus on this single coming out. You know, playing a bit of music. As you saw, I was on the piano yesterday, and then and and Sweet Collapse uh, video out tomorrow. So, yeah, exciting. Um, 
go for a customer. How good does it feel, Matt? Like obviously, as you said, like this tour you just done and the dates you've been on, that would be very mm. taxing. But parking that thought for a minute, thinking about where you've been through as a as a musician, do you sort of feel that mm. come on, world, throw anything at me? As much as you're enjoying your downtime now, you sort of do you sort of sort of feel a bit mm. I, I wanna say bulletproof, but like your resilience, like the, as I told me, some of the work and the things you've done, you must feel proud of the achievements even to get to the tour as much as you did. Is that is that a fair call? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because, um, and sorry, my connection's not the greatest here. If I drop in and out a little bit, you can always can me. Um, but I think I do notice the resilience in the musicians who have stuck with it. And I noticed that some of us didn't have that, you know, and I, I, I won't name names. I don't blame them. You know, everyone's different, but I did look over at my guitarist and say, geez, you know, we did it. We got through that. That was really hard. You know, that was really hard. It's been, it's all been really hard, but this last week was really hard. Because, yep. like I said, my, my flights were delayed to the point where I stayed in Melbourne when I was meant to be up here for an extra night after being five hours at the airport. Qantas, can garbage. I tell you, they'd forgotten how to run an airline. So then my bags didn't turn up. And then uh, and then my guitarist bags didn't, uh, guitars didn't turn up as well. So, and then when our bass player didn't turn up because his car broke down, um yeah I, I don't i don't even want to go into it but it was just it was like it was a dilemma mate so the, the yes like it felt good to have overcome that um i don't tempt fate you know there's always more that can be thrown at you but <laughs> we, did, too, yeah. we did pretty well that time so we made it through that that ordeal uh you know so yeah i'm i'm, I'm proud of the guys the band played really well our new bass player, uh, Jeremy, was amazing. He did an amazing job. And, uh, yeah, we had some great shows, guested with some great artists, whether Bill Chambers or uh, Lachlan or Hartsville Record. All So we had some good guest spots and just a really good camaraderie up there. So, yeah, yeah. it was a good time. Yeah, and, and then since then I've played shows in New South Wales Regional and, and two more coming. Beautiful. And tomorrow, an exciting time for you, mate. And not um, the day's finally here to launch this single, Sweet Collapse. Just give us yeah, a little Yeah. Well, the, the song's out, as, as you know, the song itself, but you would break the video up these days. Uh, it's kind of the way you do it these days. So the video is out tomorrow, and it's an opportunity for people to see visual representation of the song. We put a fair bit of work in the videos, actually. Myself, the director, Regan, we put a bit of work in. And uh, and so hopefully people enjoy it. You know, but it's been a good response to the song. It's been out, I think, two weeks or maybe not quite. And well, not quite. And, um, yeah, it's done well. It's charting on the AMRAP charts. Had a lot of really good – probably had some of the best feedback of that song of any song I've released. So that's good. That's quite good to hear. Yeah. Is, is it how hard is it, Matt, to once you've written the song, looked at releasing the song, is it very hard to match 
the song to the video? Like if, if you make a video for a song, did you you said you worked pretty hard on this one. Is that for previous it, songs or, or even other artists you've seen? Is that it takes work. Yeah. Videos take work. They're not that easy. Yep. Um, they take work on the concept end. They take work during to to get to get the concept executed correctly, and um, then you need a director with a good eye, you know, for lighting or um, sh shots and frame. Uh, and then you need good editing skills. Um, and if you fall down in any one of those sections, your video looks garbage. Mm -hmm. Just one of them. Just one of them. If you light it shit, your video looks rubbish. If you edit it yep. badly, the video looks rubbish. So it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, so I, th I think we did a good job. But it, yeah, they definitely take a bit of work to to match it up to the song, as you said. Yeah, that, that's a bit. That's not that easy. <laughs> Surprisingly difficult, actually. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw a little snippet of it just before um, mm. Matt we put it up on our Instagram story. So I really look forward to it. It's quite a dynamic kind of couple angles there and some nice close-ups. Yeah. There's some I did a video called Running Up That Hill with the same director and, and we shot that in black and white and he shot some really cool shots. It was just me and the camera um, and it works really well, actually. It was quite a popular video. Uh, so this one, we sort of used some of that influence and then we also wanted to go a little bit bigger with a, a, a beautiful environment at Gunnamatta Beach. Uh, it was sort of desolate. Uh, on that day at least um and we had drone footage and yeah it was sort of stepped it up a level i think um so it's it's oh, pretty nice. cool some pretty colors and yeah it just it just suits the song you know it suits the song it's sort of i think it's simple but effective yeah yeah and just tell yeah, us a little bit about the song before i play it matt um yeah no problem. Play that clip. just tell us a little bit about the song and the inspiration from it my uncle Georgia Rose. Yeah, and it uh, it was a uh, song that sonically reminded me of Georgia Rose. So the lyrics um, I leaned into continuing the story from that song. So it's a sequel to that song, and it's about my journey as a songwriter and uh, my life and uh, some of the the losses i've been dealt and maybe people can connect with that but um yeah see what see what people think glenn you got one last one for matt oh no you, you basically asked the question like what do you what matt used his inspiration and you answered it beautifully and that's and <laughs> with songs i've heard of yours before matt yeah and we're blessed with having artists like yourself on here I, I love hearing the stories you tell in your songs, and and I, I find the people we've had on, and and you're definitely you're you're a repeat offender on it now, and it's great having you back on again. That's cool. Hearing your songs, you, you hear your life through your songs, and it's fantastic that you let well not only as and I and the people who watch this, but obviously other people as well too. And it's um, mm. yeah, mate, to be honest, I'm, I'm I'm envious of that talent to be able to do that. It's and it's wonderful you share that with us. Thanks, I really appreciate it. Um, I try to put things in there for people who listen closely to the lyrics or read the lyrics. So uh, we drop down in both of the songs to an a cappella vocal um, just after a verse. And in the uh, in Georgia Rose, I sing in the fields 
my dream room still. He's waving like when I was young. So I'm talking about my grandfather. Uh, in Chinese, his name was Gung. And he would be in the fields uh, when we would arrive because he was always working in the garden and the crops and the, he was a market gardener. So, and then in Sweet Collapse, what is that? Written seven, eight years later. Unfortunately, I've lost more of my family. So, um, so the original line was in the fields, my dream him still. And then in this song, it's, I, dr I dream him still. I dream you all uh, with so many lost before the fall. And, and, and so I'm just singing about my family and that continuation of that story. So for anyone that wants to read the lyrics, I think they're online somewhere or they're on my band camp for both the songs. So if you have a read, it, the story might make sense. Yeah. And you know, yes, anyone, yes. anyone who's, we all, we all get dealt those losses. If you're, by the time you're 25, certainly by 35, you've, you've had some, you know, that's yep. just life. Uh, yep. yep. All right, Matt. What we're going to do is we're going to play a little bit from the that journey. From, yeah, we're going to play a little bit from that recording. Um, I know this isn't the bit. This isn't the um, the film clip that's coming up or the video for it that which will be released. Uh, so this live. Yeah, it's a live video you have. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, we did that's a live right. version. So yeah. we'll play. Yeah. We might just play a couple of minutes of it and then just uh, say a quick. Yeah, back uh, in the day uh, when I had short hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different now. So, but that's cool. Let's, uh, long hair, much look younger, mate. Yeah, long hair. <laughs> All right, let's take it in. Here's a little bit of sweet collapse. Off and let it breathe. See, with the blindfold gone, you can see. Well, from the port, I kept moving. I said, A river to the sea. Sometimes I was in too deep. Well, take a hold of me now. And my sweet collapse. I barely felt the cold But the days was young but feeling old At times I barely recognize you I recognize myself I take a mirror off the shelf yeah, yeah. Take a hold of me now And my sweet collapse
Beautiful, Matt. Absolutely beautiful, mate. Um, I'll, I just cut it off. Obviously, I didn't run the whole thing, mate, because I've got to leave something for the for the people to yeah. tune into, mate, and uh, look look it up. But Matt Joe Gow, music is where you're looking for, music.com, yeah. um, where you can find it. And tomorrow, look out for the release of the clip mm-hmm. that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Look out for it. It'll. I'll chuck it up on my website as well. But I think it's debuting on Post to Wire, which is a, a really cool Americana blog vlog site so it'll de- it'll premiere there but it'll be on youtube and everywhere eventually very nice all right what i'm going to do is i'm just going to thank you for your time matt but i'm also going to bring up our other next guest rusty brown who you've been on the show with before just to yeah. say a quick day to you matt i'm sure you'd like to reconnect oh good mate yeah all good welcome back rusty hello 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 how are you i'm yeah. all right how you doing um, good. I've been to a funeral today, so oh, a little som- somber, but um, sorry to hear that. A, a, a great celebration of a, a man. He was eighty-seven, um, <clears throat> so he's lived a good life. There's some funny stories, man. Wow, wow, <laughs> this guy was a character, and uh, you know that's how that's how his life was lived. Very. Um, gentleman but he was a character and we heard all the stories today there was a lot of laughing going on in that um at that funeral parlor today i know that sounds weird but it was pretty cool it was very cool actually that's a nice way to go out i reckon yeah to have a a laugh and tell a story at a funeral mate is always good and to obviously a good tribute to uh to to that person so Sorry to hear that news. Mr. Kevin Elms. Right. Mr. Kevin Elms. He was the, um, he's the longest serving trainer in history in the AFL. Mm. He did Fitzroy, I think, for 52 years. Yep. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. Long, long, long time. It's good, though. Anyway. Yeah. Um, how are you, man? You're looking good. Uh, you're looking good with your long hair and your big guns. Are blazing there. <laughs> I do have the long hair. Yeah, that's what happens. You know, you stop going to the barber, and you just your hair gets long. So, yeah. yeah. Well, my my hair went blonde. Did it from a bottle? Yeah. Oh, can't really <laughs> dye my beard. My hair's black, and I don't think I could ever dye it. It would just be a bit. It wouldn't work. I don't think. So. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us giving hair. I've been on tour, right? So this is the first time I've had like a night to myself. So I actually yeah. like washed my hair and stuff. It's like real fluffy, you know? So I'm like, oh, is... <laughs> I'm feeling, feeling so fresh and clean after Tamworth. Yeah. G'day, Rusty. Love to see you, mate. Let's get Az to take off his hat and we'll have a hair discussion. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, no, no hair ideas, guys. I'm kind of jealous of you washing your hair and growing it long and... Rusty well, diet. Yeah, I know. The options. The thing is, you can wear a different hat every day, though. Ah. Yeah, correct. And I do <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, well, Rusty. You want to make use of your hair while you have it, I guess, right? So, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Love it to hear you talk about Kevin Elms. He actually got mentioned on um, on the couch on Fox Footy earlier in the week because Jonathan Brown, obviously, his dad being a yeah, former Fitzroy was... player, Jonathan Brown went to him as well. Actually. Yeah. 
he actually um, carried the coffin out. They were all, uh, all there. Michael Voss was there. Kevin Elms. Ah, uh, Kevin Elms. Michael Voss. Jonathan Brown. Uh, Luke Parker was there. Um, Johnson was there. Uh, there was some more. Pike was there. Um, get this one. This is a funny one, but a very good one. There was a guy there. Oh, Lord, I've forgotten his name now. Haw- Hawkins? Was it Hawkins? He used to play for Fitzroy. He was a skinny... Oh, I should know his name. His name was Hawkins, something Hawkins. And I said to the boys, that guy over there used to play for Fitzroy, and I think he played with the Swans. And uh, so I went over to him and I said, oh, excuse me. Did you used to play with the Swans? He said, oh, yeah, I only played there one year. And um, I can't believe I've forgotten his name because I knew his name straight away. And he said, oh, this is – I said, oh, hi, I'm Rusty. He goes, are you Rusty from Electric Mare? And I went, oh, no. Are you serious? Hawkins, skinny. He played for Fitzroy, Swans and Collingwood. Um, Hawkins, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, he, uh, no, 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 no. He, no, he was a skinny, skinny left footer, skinny left footer on the on the half back flank. Doesn't matter. But we're probably boring you, Matty. <laughs> what I was going to what I wanted to do is just quickly is just quickly. Uh, obviously, Rusty, you've just been on a big tour that's that's had its uh, challenges with Under the Southern Stars. It was a massive, massive yeah. thing. Three years in the making. Um, or three cancelled mm-hmm. for pretty much three years in a row. Uh, Matt, you've yep, just yep. gone and done the same thing uh, on a, obviously a smaller scale, but the challenges around touring at the moment, I just wanted you two to just quickly touch on that before we, obviously you're about to have a little rest for five more minutes, Matt, and, and Rusty's going to go the other way and go on a big tour. So just interested in a l- little bit of advice for, uh, for, for some fellow musos out there of what they can expect in today's world right now? Uh, well, for me, there was, uh, for me, well. there was a, a lot of protocols that you got to, you know, health protocols that you got to deal with, um, which is totally cool. So everyone should be still aware of, you know, that COVID's out there and we can all, we can all still get it and that. But um, <laughs> without being a health expert, I just want to say that, you know, you should just still be confident you can go out. I think a lot of people aren't confident at the moment. Um, I don't want to kill my own thing mm. off, but I'm thinking like indoors and so that people, some people, you know, a little bit, not too sure whether they can, but, um, you know, I went to a lot of places all around Australia and, yeah, it was a, it was a good thing. But I just, you know, I just really hope that, people get out there again. I mean, I've seen concerts like Blues Fest and what was the other one? Mully Mully or something. That was people for miles, man, going seeing these gigs. Um, look, we had a great time on ours. Uh, lots of driving, lots of laughing, lots of uh, – uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, here's my best bit of advice. Get an Airbnb 
with enough rooms and don't worry about a hotel anymore. It, for the cost of our tour was 187 a night. 187. If we wanted to go in a hotel, it's a thousand bucks a night. Yeah, easily. If you want everyone to have their own rooms and in an Airbnb, they can have their own rooms. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, especially in yeah. Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, exactly. And the we other stay, challenge, Matt, the challenge you just faced was, uh, was some of your music gear going missing. Uh, that's that's not ideal. Challenge. Oh, God. Um, with my gear going missing, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, like thing. Some things are back, almost back to normal, and that's why it almost surprises you when some things are completely not normal. So flying was nothing, nowhere near what it used to be. It was, it was absolutely terrible. My gear didn't show up. I was delayed for four or five hours, delayed for another two hours, an hour and a half the next day. My guitarist gear didn't turn up. Um, heaps of other people didn't get their guitars turned up. They came on the next flight. The baggage handlers weren't didn't know what they were doing or putting it on the next flight, miscalculating things. So that was an absolute disaster. Um, but, you know, although there will be a lot of people who just, refuse to go out. I don't think the numbers are the same. Well, they're not the same as what they used to be, but yeah, this last festival, our shows were, our shows were packed. They were great. You know, we had a lot of people there, uh, right up at the stage, some of it. Um, so it was great to be back in the swing of things in that sense. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite the same. So you, you've got to be aware that you can get lulled into a false sense of security with some really good shows and then suddenly you're reminded that you've gone through a pandemic and things aren't quite the same. Uh, so, but yeah, I would I would agree with Rusty things. Like Airbnbs are better for the most part, you know, I think. Uh, I mean, this is, a huge, this is a huge space I'm in, in in Sydney, right? I wouldn't be able to afford a hotel <coughs> big. Right. So, but Airbnb is better, I think, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Um, yeah, because I like to harass everybody. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, Rusty, tell me how I obviously Fans you've, as, as I said, you've just done a wonderful tour. Now, as you are well aware, mate, Lovey and I, who's a another member of the podcast, we were beside ourselves with excitement. We got to see an entree. We went out and saw you and the lads from Electric Mary play out in Faulkner, and you teased us with your beautiful yeah. show, and I thought, fantastic. Can't wait to go and see him under the Southern Stars. We get down to Hastings, and everyone goes, oh, who are you here to see? And I said, oh, look, pretty keen to see Rusty Brown, Electric Mary, and the bike goes, oh, they're not here. And I thought, oh, geez, Rusty, Rusty sold me a dud or whatever, but then I, the, the dreaded COVID got you, mate. Yeah, well, I was talking to somebody about it today. I actually knew 34 people that got it from that gig. Whoa. So, yeah, we I'd driven all the way to Goulburn 
with um, you know the backline gear, the stuff we had, and yep. our bass player Al messaged me and said, "Mate, you better check yourself because I've got COVID." And then, yeah, sure enough, I did a test and I had it. Mm. So I had to do a U-turn home, and we had to stay home for a, a week. So we missed the Melbourne shows and the Newcastle show, or Melbourne when I say Melbourne. We we missed Maitland, we missed Hastings, and we missed Yarrawonga. <clears throat> so that was over that ship weekend. Feeling, and then, ship feeling. Bigger pardon? That's a ship feeling. Yeah, it's, it's yeah you know what? You know what the uh, – again, like I, I'm not a health expert. But you know what was the shittest feeling? The feeling that we had it, but we actually weren't sick. Right. But we couldn't go anywhere because we didn't want to give it to anybody. Mm. But we actually weren't sick. We didn't, you know, we didn't have coughs. Yeah. We didn't, you know, I don't know. Actually, I felt, I actually felt sick after I came back from the whole tour. Three weeks later, I actually felt sick. And I didn't have any reason, but I had a cough. So, you know, maybe it works on different people different ways. Um, yeah, we've got to be aware of it and we've got to take care of each other and make sure we, you know, I, I still wear masks, to be honest, even though it's not mandatory anymore. If I go inside a shop, I'll wear a mask. Mm. Look, I've only robbed two places, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Disclaimer, um, as put up the disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to let Matt go. Matt, I know I said uh, 15, 20 minutes, mate. We could talk forever with you, and but I thought it was important that we we did what this show's about, mate, and reconnect people and connect people to new people again. So good to oh, connect to nice. yeah. two guys. Hopefully, Rusty can get to one of your gigs, and you can do the same, um, and we can meet all in person at a gig very shortly. That would be awesome. Don't see why not. We're we're both rock and roll bands, so. It'll happen. Yeah. All right, boys. Sounds you good. Good to see you. Stay safe. Good luck, good luck tomorrow good. and look forward to the new single being out tomorrow, Sweet Collapse. Cheers. See ya. See you, Matt. Rusty. Yeah, here now, I am. Now, Matt, we've got you on as obviously a wonderful musical talented guest, but let's just touch on your other love. Um as filled me in a bit earlier, how's your son coping, mate, with the bad news with the injury in his first game at a? Ah, uh, he's not too bad. Yep. Yeah, he's not too bad. He just has to wait for the surgeons' um, meeting on May the sixteenth, and then basically we go from there. And um, you know, we'll see what happens. We but we had to wait a bit. Mate. Yeah, thank you. We had to wait a little bit for the. Um, <clears throat> swelling to go down. And he's been in the gym actually doing upper body stuff. He just came back from the gym. So yeah, look, he had a um he came to the funeral. You there? He came to the funeral for me today and and the the after um the the wake was at uh North Heidelberg, so you know, he's good. He, a lot of the North Heidelberg people got around him. Of course, they're not happy he left. But, you know, he went for the job. There was a, a job and the Whittlesea people looking after him 
you know, extremely well as as well. But I think I think he felt, you know, okay. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean they won't crash him when they play him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's always disappointing, you know, when you start start a season well, like you said, Rusty, kick the first two goals um, against the, you know, the reigning premiers. Um, must have been up and yeah. about. And then all of a sudden, bang, um, how quickly it can all come to a grinding halt. Um, and we wish Curtis mm-hmm. well in his recovery coming up. Um, great kid. Uh, not just saying that because he's your boy, Rusty, but he's um, a super footy talent. And I just wish him all the best with his recovery. So shout out to Curtis. Thank you. Good luck, mate. All right, mate, Rusty. I'll um, shout at him. Just before you do, mate, how good is this feeling to be able to do this again? <laughs> well, I think I've put on four kilos since I've been home, so it won't be that good, actually. <laughs> you look good. Yeah, I lost just over eight kilos before I went on tour. Um, I think I've put on a half of it back on when I've been home. Easter Easter was very good to me. Um, yeah, it's it was great, man. It was great to go out there. It was great to connect with um, fans. It was great, like because I walked out um, into the most of them were outdoor gigs. I walked out in the end, and um, you know, just to, to get a feel for. I like to watch the people from the front. And, um, you know, quite a few people grabbed me and said, you know, we've never seen you guys before. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. When you're playing, whatever, you know, da, da, da. And um, that part's good because I like connecting with new people, old fans. And then, of course, connecting with bands on on the bills as well. Although we kind of weren't allowed to hang around each other. We did a few times, but. Um, I, I think some of the bands took it more, way more serious than others did, but that was totally their prerogative because, you know, again, it's a health thing. Who knows? Like I said, some people get COVID and don't have anything wrong. I had a mate who got it and, and went straight to hospital. Do you know what I mean? Because he couldn't breathe. So it's not a thing to be messed with. Just on that, Rusty, what what was the kind of protocol at some of these big festivals? Like, what was the deal? Was it a rapid test the day of? Like, how, how did it work? And I know yeah, that the day of. I understand if it's of. a rapid test and everyone tests negative, it's really yeah. disappointing that then the bands can't mingle. Because as you said, mate, that's part of the magic of how these festivals happen, right? Especially for some of the um, early acts that get to mix and you know with some of your idols mate i mean you loved some of these bands that came out well i did meet up with the people from cheap trick yeah so that was pretty cool um rick um took me by the hand one time and took me into the van with robin and we discussed songs that maybe he thought that people would wouldn't know but of course because i'm a fan i knew and then i became a real fanboy and started singing the choruses to Robin. And then I realized it was time to get out of there. <laughs> um, but a little while later, he come with electric Mary boys. We were just chatting and we we're in this, gra- uh, we we're at Southport sharks footy ground. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and Robin came over the set list and said to me, Oh, 
this is what we're going to play today. And, mate, I was just chuffed with that. Uh, mm. And uh, small things amuse small minds. But to me, you know, when Robin was bothered to do that to me, who's a nobody, to them, I mean, you know, um, there's every chance the world will never see each other again. But he brought the set list over and showed me. He could see with the smile on my face that I was just love you know every he'd point to a song and i'd sing a little bit of it because yeah i went complete fanboy then i was trying to i guess i was trying to show you know i'm not just saying this i actually am a fan you know what i mean that's super cool (laughs) but anyway that was that was very cool i'd done a show with dax before though a few years ago the drummer at the cherry bar we played um some ACDC songs and I got to sing Surrender that night. So that was a cool thing. And we stayed in contact on Facebook and we still talk, um, you know, a little bit on Messenger if he's on. I always say hello or he'll ask how I'm going, you know, whatever. It's not yeah. every day, but, you know, <clears throat> it's still cool. It's it's just a, a cool thing. Look, um I heard the word resilience get thrown about before while I was waiting in the, on the interchange bench. Mm. And I was saying to a couple of people last week, we were talking about different things. And I said, you know, I, I think, I think it's just a historical thing that people have the wrong impression of band people. Like band people are very resilient because lots of things don't go right. And that's why when the things that do go right, there's such a, it's such a joyous moment, but lots of things go wrong and we're always on our toes to make sure, you know, we can fix something like that, especially crew members. I mean, I met crew members up there and I've told them without a, a word of a lie, like your, your names on our door list at every gig you ever want to go to for the rest of Electric Mary's time. Like, they were so good to us. I mean, we're first band on on a six-band bill, Mm. and these guys who don't know us are treating us like we're the main act and making it so easy for us to just do our thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It's not a competition. As I was saying before about that, about with what we've all been through in various degrees, it's it's so nice to be important, but it's important to be nice, isn't it? Like, and it's amazing yeah. how how rewarding that can be for anybody when someone makes you feel like you're the number one person or whatever it might yeah. be at that time, and they often don't realise they're just going about their normal thing, but you appreciate it so much. It's great to hear you say that, Rusty, because. I think that's probably one thing that we might have lost a little bit with the pandemic that we are still, we all still like to be made to feel special. And when someone does it, it's, it's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. It's like what um, the Melbourne footy club have done, done to Aaron. Cause he just walks around now going, Hey, I'm back from Melbourne. How are you going? <laughs> What's it like to have the best side in the AFL barricade for them? I mean, I know what it's like, but you know, um, what do you mate, after forty odd years, uh, it's finally yeah. our time, mate. I'm I'm bottling this. I'm pinching myself every week. Still can't believe people talk 
think so highly of us as where there's us and then there's daylight at the moment. I, I don't believe mm. that's the truth, to be perfectly honest. Oh. There's definitely a couple of teams that are really clipping at our heels. Your Swannies yeah, are one of those. Who are they? Yeah, they could be. But, you know, yeah. it's a great feeling. It Surely it must be something like Richmond. When Richmond were in their heyday in those last few years, um, you just knew, even though they weren't playing that well during a game, at any second, the, flitch, the switch would get flicked. Yep. And three goals would be on the board just like that. And the yep. whole complexion of the game would change. That's the biggest thing I've noticed with Melbourne, or even this year, and what are we? We just completed round six. To me, they're like a racehorse that's first or second up. They, they're not even into their third gear yet. And, and they're not – and it's not an arrogance – but it's an arrogance, if that makes sense. This, this yeah. their belief in their system, in their teammate that he'll do what he has to do. I'll do what I want to. I've got to do, and take they take care of themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah, talk- let's get back. Let's get back to music now. That's enough of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> who are- do you bang for? And hey, you're Essendon, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going wonderfully, mate. Thanks for asking. Yeah, no, we are. We are going to talk footy just a little bit. Uh, in a second, mate. But um, let's just. I'll tell you, I'll tell quickly... you your problem, then you can say yes or no. Yeah, okay. Go on, right. go on, Ed. Oh, no, give Melbourne. it to me. Give it to me. I've, I've had a couple of suggestions during the week, but please give me another one. I, I, I know exactly what your problem is. <laughs> yeah, yeah tell me. Yeah. Your, your recruiters, mate. They think they're rock stars. Oh, Essendon have done so well again during the draft period. You know, we didn't back down to anyone. We didn't do this. Yeah, you didn't pick up anyone that's any good either. Tell me them. Oh, I'm happy with yeah, Darcy okay. Parrish. Yeah, okay. One. Um, unfortunately, Harrison Jones got injured at the start of this year. Nick Cox is like a lot of high draft picks. He's having second year blues. Yeah. Tell that to the Swannies kids who are in about their twenty third game and they're our best players. Who have gotten a who have got an academy. Ah, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Right You've got hey, what are the what's Herd's sons in? They're in the Essendon Academy, yeah. mate. So You've got one too. Don't worry about it. We've got anyway, one. go yeah. on to the music. Let's get back to the music. I don't <laughs> want to fluster you. You won't. Oh, man, I'm not fluster. I'm, I'm lucky enough. His name's, his name's Dodoria, isn't it? That's his name. He's your oh. problem. Yeah. No, mate. He's been there too long and he's got no one. Don't get me started. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there you go. I, I can tell you, I found, I found someone who could be a saviour, cuz. Oh, this would be good. A previous bomber, you just got to get him back. This boy. Oh, no, yeah. He's kicked 16 on the weekend. What an unbelievable effort. He looks a little bit different than he used to. Um, but I can tell you what, you know, you go back through what he's done. Um, Keep it up. 16 yeah. goals he kicked on the yeah. weekend for Geary. Yeah. Gear Gurry, I think the, the team's called. 155 yeah. points. He kicked 100 points by himself. Right, 
Um, yeah. So he's kicked 27 for the season already in three games he's played. And, and mate, um, what a magnificent so, effort. And this is not said judgmental. I think he had a few troubles as well like, yep. at various stages. So, mate, all credit to the man that he's back doing what obviously he loves and still has a great passion and a talent for. So, yeah, I, I did say that. On the on the topic of old blokes and going back to their love, um, Jody being a Benalla girl, there's a Indigenous side, Rumbalara, who have been around for oh, a fair while, even going back to when Jody's dad played footy back in the sort of 70s and that. Eddie yep. Betts had a kick for them on the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't a bad mark couldn't, either. <laughs> couldn't quite get him over the line, but still managed to take a pretty good mark, So, which is which is great. Yeah, I think, yeah, good. as we know, Rusty... As we know, Rusty, it's so good to see AFL and AFL players back into the system in local footy. Yep. Um, yeah. No better than one of our all-time favourites, Brent Harvey. Um, yeah. He hasn't played a game up. this year, though. That's okay. He's got plenty of time. Plenty of time, mate. Yeah. But as as we know, Rusty, we talked about how early, how important it is to bank wins early in a season. Mm. Um, that was always my concern as Melbourne coming into the new year, premiership hangover, that whole story. To bank a couple of wins and still not playing well, I reckon we've played each game, I reckon we've played about 20 minutes of footy, um, which is exciting to get over the line of every one of those. So who knows what's going to happen next, but you got to take them while you can, don't you? Um, it's going to be – oh, it's an exciting year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of exciting, Rusty, you're about to embark – as you, hopefully your camera comes good in two seconds. As he leaves us momentarily. Beautifully. Exit stage left. Hopefully he comes back but in a second. He, he is the triple threat though, because oh, he comes on as a music guest. Mate, yeah, your timing is impeccable. We're just about to put, about to talk up your magnificent tour coming up and you'd exited stage left. There you go. That's all right. Yeah, we start on Friday. Start on Friday in um, Hobart. There you go. Never Here been to Hobart. Republic Bar in Hobart, April the 29th, with Shotgun Mistress and Jackson the Wayward. It's going to be great. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, you're um, you're spreading you're spreading the love, Electric Mary love, mate, as you've always yeah, done. Um, fantastic to get back to some of these places. Um, any of these bring back great memories? Obviously, the Espy. Um, is an exciting one for me, mate. Thanks for scheduling that perfectly on my birthday. So I'm going to make sure. Oh, nice. <laughs> so the 27th of May, we'll make sure we pack out the SB one more time, mate. Um, but yeah, any of those, other than the SB, obviously being a Melbourne boy, um, anything else there that's one of your favourite venues? Or obviously you mentioned Hobart that you haven't been to before, but anything else in that list? Um, the Bridge Hotel in... Sydney, which is Saturday, May 21st. We actually were on tour with Glenn Hughes, was in Deep Purple. And on this particular day, it was a Saturday, I think, he didn't he didn't play. So we decided to take a gig um by ourselves. And he's managed so we're his support band. So his manager said, Oh, Glenn wants to come to the gig. And I'm like, Really? It's like it's his day off, man, you know. Why does he – he could just put his head through the curtain every night and watch us if he wants to. He's like, no, he wants to come, and he did. He came to the gig, and we hung around a little bit, you know, and 
yeah, I don't know. He just wanted to be there. And the next, I think it was the next day, oh, we would have played the next day. And maybe a couple of days later on the plane, we got to chatting a bit more. Like his, his was a cool story. Um, well, for those of you who don't know Glenn Hughes, he was in Deep Purple Mark Three, which had Burn, um, Stormbringer, Come Taste the Band was uh, Deep Purple Mark Four. But uh, he was one of my heroes when I was, you know, probably 14 or something like that, 14, 15. I just loved David Coverdale from White Snake and Glenn Hughes. They were my two favourite singers and probably still are to this day. Um, I actually, I don't know if I've ever told you this story before. I actually, he only wanted a female to drive him around, right? This was a small tour. And the lady who was doing it couldn't do it on a certain day. And I said, I'll do it. And um, I think she asks and he says, okay. So I drove him around, hadn't met him yet. This was early in the tour. And I took him to rehearsal, talk, you know, just said hello. I left. And later in that day, I took the guitarist to the ABC and Glenn Hughes went to the ABC as well to do an interview. And um, he was in his managers. His managers from Australia, or was at the time, and he was in his Porsche. And um, he said, you know, can you look after the car in case any parking police come? I said, yeah, yeah, no worries. And he walked off. And I saw him come back in the mirror. And he, he sort of I wound down the window and he said, are you Rusty from Electric Mary? And I said, yeah. He said, it's Glenn No. I said, no, nah, I didn't say anything. So when Glenn Hughes come out back out, he said, oh, you know, you, you didn't say anything. And I just said, well, I'm that big a fan. I probably would have talked your head off. So I just I just was in the moment and I loved it. And he said, oh, that's very cool. Do you want to go out for dinner? I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we went out for dinner and I asked him everything I wanted to ask him. And, you know, we talked about Richard. Blackmore and him and David Coverdale were texting each other at the time. It was it was quite surreal, you know. I know that we're all mates and we're all humans, but for them two, my two heroes, to be texting while I'm having dinner with him was just mental. It was just mental, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great guy though. Yeah. Great guy. It's amazing though, Rusty, as you said though, how real those people are. And the only sort of person yeah. that I, I can think of in terms of that stardom was I met Bono outside his hotel oh. when I came out here on a tour. And I spoke nice. to him and I felt like I was talking to a mate, the way he spoke yeah. to me. I, I actually gave mm-hmm. one of my friends had written a book of poetry and I gave it to him and he said, mm-hmm. what a kind gesture. What an amazing gesture to give me that. And I said, oh, it's come mm-hmm. from a friend. And he came over as well and he spoke to us now. I don't care what he's done before or after, but for that five or ten minutes, he looked me in, yeah. my, in the eye, he held my hand the whole time he shook my hand, and I thought, as you said about surreal, I thought, what's going on here? <laughs> just, yeah, this, it's unreal, man. It, it was amazing. It was amazing. And, I, and I've said it to people, yeah. and then luckily later on in life, I went, I went to Ireland for a holiday, and I walked into just a bar in Temple Bar in, in Dublin, and there was this band playing in the corner and me being the, I suppose, at times ignorant Aussie that I was, I went, oh, how good are that band? They're 
obviously a U2 tribute band. And the barman looked at me with absolute disdain and said, you're fucking kidding. It is U2. I went, oh, of course it is. Was it? Yeah, funny. Yeah. Was it U2? It was, yeah. And they were in a band. <laughs> they were in a band who were in the size of, oh, maybe the, the top bar at the Cherry Bar, smaller than that. Wow. And I turned around and waved. And that was like, after you. After I'd met him. And, I was... and me being fanboy, I went up and said, you won't remember this, but when you were in Australia, and it was early on in their sort of mm. megalomania style, I said, I gave a book of poems. And he goes, yeah. And he said that was in the hotel in South Yarra. I thought, yeah, there you go. Okay, I'll take that. I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be taking that too. I've been living <laughs> off that for five years. Brilliant. Absolutely. That's so cool. All right, Rusty, we better let you uh, start resting that voice, mate. You've got an exciting time ahead in the next few weeks for sure. I bet you're pinching yourself to get back out there. Yeah, it was, I'm, I'm so excited that um, this was a little bit later on in the night because I actually got into the Canadian clubs today. And I think I drank a bit too quickly and I'm like, okay, somebody's got to drive me home. So I made Curtis drive me home with his knee reconstructed knee. Oh, and here I am oh, with the laying back in the car. I was like, wow. Yeah, so I'm so glad that I didn't come on and, you know, be a, be a drunk in front of everyone. Not that they'll ever know because they're not looking right. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, no. <laughs> giving away all my secrets. Mate, we love yeah. all your work, mate. That's why we get you to come on. A little bit of well, Vaseline on the lens, you. Rusty. You always look good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it does look a bit like that too. Or yeah. it might be that you've never cleaned your computer properly. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, Clean so the smudge off. Like that. All right, you lads. All right, we will Beautiful, speak mate. soon, Rusty. Have a great fun, Thank mate. Thank you we'll very see much for having me. Yeah. Happy birthday. So you'll be, what, 33 that day or 34? Absolutely. You're oh, counting back, mate. <laughs> Give us your famous number 33 just as you pinned a number. There's a random yeah. one for you. Who you got? Yeah. For who? Which side? Yeah, pick any side. The, the most iconic 33 that you know of. Any era. Wow. That's a good point. Well, I remember Greg Lambert for the Swans in the 70s. I don't even know where. Did Terry Tripp wear 33? He might have. 33 for the 33. He was definitely in the 30s, I'm pretty sure, Terry Tripp. Yeah. um, I don't even know where's 33 now for the Swans. Uh, 33, no, I don't have one. Greg Lambert. I don't think we've got go. one. Demons at the moment. Seventies. Two, two famous demons. Go oh, back. Hasselman. Greg no. Sugar no. Healy. Greg Sugar Healy was one. Yeah. And the Wiz. <laughs> the, Wiz. the Wiz. Was Wiz thirty-three? Just I thought the Wiz was thirty-one. No. 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 Yeah, you didn't Rob get Morassi was thirty-one. I know that. Yep. There you go. What about 27, just on that date? Because it's going to be a key date in May, 27. Max Cruz. 
Who have you got, Max Cruz, Ward 27. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, 27. Um, Simon Madden, one of the greatest yeah. one of the greatest players uh, of all time. Who's the big ruckman? Jason Ball, Ward 27 for the Swannies in the Premiership year. Yeah. Was yep. Jason Ball? Yeah. Yep, Jason Ball. Yeah. Uh, the Demons got 27. 27. Oh, Jay. Oh, hey, hang on a second. Justin McInerney, who I coached as a junior for a few years, wears number 27 for the Swans right now. Went how to, how on to, earth could I forget that? Went to school with my son. Did he? He's a Marcelin boy, yep. So that means that your son went to school with my son. Yeah, but your boys were at the same time. Yeah, no, so, younger. So Jack's, younger. Jack's, Jack's eight, 19 in August, so he's, just, he's first year out this year. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, Sean White, Sean White, Sean White. Yeah. another one gone too Good soon. Man. And uh, Scottish, think... Scottish, not Irish, born in Scotland, not yeah. Irish. We we, well, we put him in the good Irish fact, crew, Rusty. Yes. Very good fact, yeah. but everyone calls him the Irish recruit. That's right. Yeah, he was always Irish um, as far as we're concerned. <laughs> wasn't um, wasn't. Rod Stewart also, who's a Scotsman, not born in Scotland, born somewhere else, like England or Wales or even Ireland. Can't remember. No, He's not, not sure. born in Scotland, though. He's not born in Scotland. Not sure. Um, any other 27s? 27. Um, um, Ingus well, my birthday is on. Jill Brownline medalist. Who? Keith Gregg. Keith Gregg, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Not only a dual Brownlow medalist, year after he won them yeah, consecutive, consecutive years. Yep. Like uh, Harvey. Harvey wins consecutively as well. Uh, he, he may have, yeah. Robert Harvey, have. I think he did. I think he did. Um, well, I'm born on the 8th, so who's, who's 8? Who's the best 8 going around right now? Well, I don't know about right now, but I flash back to the bomber days. Who, who have you got? The little famous redhead. Oh, we've got a we've got a couple of premiership players. One number eight, Neil Clark, who unfortunately is no yeah. longer with us. Played eighty four, eighty five, um, and then he became a runner. But unfortunately, Neil suffered a lot with depression and and took his own life, unfortunately. And then um, Darren Boris Buick, premiership player. Oh yeah, one number eight, what? and Rusty would remember. Jack Meyercheck, he yeah, wore number right. eight for the Bombers, played about 10 games, father of and that's, Brody. Yeah. Hey, I've got one for you. He's a bloke I met the other week. Where is he? Oh, lordy, lordy. There he is. Number eight? No, no. No, you can't see it, can you? Hang on. How do I, how do I make you see it? No. Nah. Oh, can you there see you it go, there? there you go. Oh, yeah, the big sheets. Yeah. yeah. Great man. Yeah, I did say that. There I he is. See that. Great pick. Kevin Sheedy, he was uh, very intelligent. He said he's 74, I think, or 75. He spoke oh. extremely well. And someone said to him, um, where's the next team going to come from? And he said, well, and you can tell he's, he thinks outside the square. 
straight yeah, away. He does it. Yep. Um, I hope I'm not getting him into trouble when I say this. He said, I reckon the next team comes from Newcastle. And everyone looked at me, he said, well, Tasmania's only got 500,000 people and Newcastle's got 500,000 people. Mm. And Isaac Heaney comes from Newcastle and tell me the last player from Tasmania that played that was good. He said, "I I would be going down that path, looking through those areas surrounding areas of Newcastle where there's a lot of people and then and there's a big growth there um so I'm not saying he's right but it was an interesting thing that he suggested you know what I mean I mean Isaac Heaney might be a one-off maybe no one ever comes out of Newcastle again but you know because he's been successful and because he's good maybe there are others that come out of Newcastle um. Yeah. Well, we might get a team out of Dimola. What do you reckon? Oh yeah. It's been a good stomping ground for the bombers, I tell you. Oh, it was actually Swans originally, so don't worry about that. No, well, <laughs> no. You, we gave you Neville Fields, mate, and you gave us all the Danahers. That was a good deal. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, you, reckon we Terry, bad, you reckon we've got bad recruiters? We had Terry first. All he used to do was fall over. I spoke to Ian Stewart one day. Remember Ian Stewart? And yeah, he said, it, you know, I always... I always Coach Sydney. Yeah, yeah. All the Swans. Uh, South Melbourne. Yeah. South Melbourne, Carlton, and... Is that played it? Did he coach anybody else? No, no played, at, played at Saints and played at Richmond. One of, one of, one of few to... One of only... Two players, I think. I might be wrong to win a Bradley medal at two different clubs. Yeah, but he coached Carlton too, and he coached yeah. the Swans, South Melbourne. But he said to me, I met him one day. He owned a hotel in Brighton, and he said, you know, a lot of people blame me for the Neville Fields Danaher, but it wasn't. It was Des Tudnam. He was a coach of the Swans at the time, and he was an old Essendon before that. Mm-hmm. And that's why he got Neville Fields, because he knew that Neville Fields was a good player. And he was. But now I think Neville Fields went back to Essendon. He went back to Essendon. After a couple of years. And in in his first game, in in Fields' first game for Sydney against Essendon, he broke Danaher's jaw. Did he? (laughs) No. We never saw Neil Danaher. We never saw Neil Danaher, but we did have... um, 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 Tony, what's the other ones? Who Tony, Tony Danner? Yeah, we Joe's did dad. have Tony. He played some good footy for us, too. He's a good player, he was very good. Well, Chris Danner, her son, now plays for Greensboro. Oh, does he? Okay, yep. the slime, nice. Yep. Mm. That's one of Aaron's, that's one of Aaron's teams. He likes to kiss the slime. Oh, Yes, you go. Mott Morency, actually. Big one-point winners over Heidelberg for anyone. Yes. Massive massive Mm -hmm. win, to be honest. That's a big win, mate. That's a big win. Yeah, and famous number eights for the Demons. Um, I'll just finish finish close on that. But, yeah, Graham Yates um, was one that I used to go down and to see him at training as a youngster. I would have been of only, I don't know, 10 maybe onwards up to 
16. And I'd always wander in the rooms on a Thursday night and no one would be down there, you know, in the pouring rain and wander in the rooms. And Graham Yates was the first one in those that first set of lockers. And we at that time we had, um, you know, some good players in there. Well, I've always thought they were good players, you know, amongst that mix. But he was one player that always said, G'day, mate, how are you? And brought me over and always made sure I had a chat to some of the other blokes, which is there's a couple in that first 10 players um, that really got themselves into that uh, ego of being a number one to 10 and didn't didn't come across as always, you know, as heroes uh, so, uh, sometimes are that, you know, they're not all there. They're not all what you dream of when you finally get to meet one of them. But um, Graham Yates was definitely one of those and uh, still to this day is an absolute champ. A bloke who you might remember has been a bit younger, but I'm pretty sure Rusty would remember who played at, well, when there was only 12 clubs, he played the quarter of them, um, talking about possibilities of teams coming in with the comp in the next couple of years. This guy is a former Taswegian. Brent Quasra wore number eight at Melbourne, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Played at Melbourne, North, Carlton. Yep. Yep. Anyone else? I think that's it. Do you have, we didn't have one last in somewhere else. Yeah, my I'll two favourite Melbourne, my two favourite Melbourne players are Ray Biffin and Hassaman. No. Well, Hassaman's an Eltham gentleman. Is he? Is he yeah, still so alive? My son, so my eldest son, yeah, he's still alive. My eldest son. What nationality is he? Because Hassaman is not a. Oh. I'm, I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you. But I don't think Hass is like his real name. Like if you Google him or whatever, it's something Hassaman. I think he just got that. Hassaman. Yeah. I don't have a favourite Essendon player. You've never had one that was any good. But I have a, my favourite Melbourne player now. <laughs> Come is on the side that's won two flags. Yeah. Hang on a second. In the 30s, we were one of the best sides going, mate. Didn't win flags, though. There's mate. no doubt. No doubt, like Carlton in the 80s, you would have cheated. No problem at all with that. <laughs> no problem at all. You know, I have to listen to a few things Kevin Sheedy talks about. Oh. But my my favourite player now is, um, and one that I'm proud of in my own mind, is because I used to sit on the couch and say to anyone who's listened, I like this Fitch, this guy. He looks weird to me but he's with that stupid hairdo, but he's good. And when I look at him now, he's just got confidence written all over him. Like when he goes for the ball, I reckon nine times out of ten he gets it. Yep. His brother He's goes right too. His brother's, I think, a little bit older. He plays for Warrandyte in the Eastern Free League. Right. Last year, I think he kicked a lazy 20, his brother. So right. there's a bit of skill in the family. Yeah. I always well, let's weigh, let's, let's weigh that up, though. AFL and Warren oh. Dites. Okay, hang on a second. But as you know, Rusty, you've lost. You've watched a lot oh, of local. Oh, I'm joking. Footy. No, I know, but there's a lot of blokes like. Well, there's a bloke playing for North Heidelberg. He's still playing and playing pretty well. Who, for whatever reason, didn't quite get the right opportunities at the highest level, like in Shane Harvey. He's still one of the best local footballers I've ever seen play. Yeah, he's playing on the wing at the moment, running around on the wing. And still getting the footy, I bet. He's 47 plus. No, he's yeah. not. He's, he's got to be 40, though, at least. Have to be, yeah. 
absolutely. He would be. Um, yeah, there's definitely some famous uh, younger brothers or older brothers in some instances. The Uze brothers were, were two. Um, yeah. And his brother could play, that's for sure. The Mullanes. He, he was very good, yes. Um, yes. Sean, well, we, know how tough, we know how tough Darren Mullane was. I played footy against Sean Mullane. Wouldn't make a tougher player, but a fair player. Like, yep. whack you, it'd be the first to pick you up. Let's go and have a bit of afterwards sort of thing. Mm. Yep. All right, boys. Thank Lordy. Thank Lordy. That doesn't happen anymore. Although I did see this a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, folks, if you're not interested in local footy. Um, <laughs> North Heidelberg was playing Bandura. I don't know who the Bandura guy was. He's a big – he was in the ruck. He's a big dude with tattoos and just look like an old school bloke. Anyway, as they were running towards the boundary – and North's got the mesh fence now, the black new mesh fence type thing. As I go on towards the boundary, and this is how my mind remembers it, he bumped the North guy over the line and he was going into the fence. But in this same movement, he put his arm around the North guy and stopped him from going into the fence. It was like, like how good is that? If that was 1974, your face is going through the fence. Yeah. But that guy, right. it was a it was a mad movement. That's how my brain remembers it in yeah. slow motion. He hit him, knew possibly it was the wrong thing at the time, but got his arm around him and sort of dragged him into his own body to and none of them got hurt, but it was unreal, man. I was like, wow, that's cool. That's cool. That's that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know his name, but whoever you are, that's very cool. There you go. Anyway. We'll have to hunt him down. Um, let's just finish off with a couple of tips. Let's find our teams. All right. The Demons. Play the Hawks. <coughs> the COVID oh, games. Now the COVID Demons. game. Three players out. Coaches out. It's a little bit scary. Oh, this COVID mate, Demons. Over. We're in it. what... Interim coach this year hasn't won a game yet. Not one. Yeah, no. Yeah, we'll take Adam Uze uh, to yeah. take the reins. So who's your player that's who's your three players that are out? Luke Jackson. Can play. Absolutely. Massive loss. Uh Kasai Pickett. Bit of fire yeah, up forward. Play. We'll take that. Uh and the third one, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um I should know it. Because I just read it. Get before. back, get back, Lever and Viney, though. The yeah, third one's true. Tom Sparrow, who's been playing absolutely lights yeah. out recently. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that's going to be interesting. And and let's How hope, let's hope for any team, yeah. and not just my team, that there's only three at a time. Like West Coast just got decimated not long ago. <laughs> we oh, don't yeah. want that in our game, do we? Well, they have sixteen people out in one game. Oh, it was crazy. They played the waffle. I think, I think they lost they? eight. And then the next day, the next lot tested, and they lost another eight. So they lost, as you said, six. Right. Okay. 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 But but they well, had injuries mind, as only, well. Keep in mind, yeah. it's only Wednesday. We play Saturday afternoon. Uh, anything yeah. can happen between now and then. I'd be spreading them all over Melbourne as far as I'm concerned. No more training. Cotton wool them. Um, mm. The good part is, is strength to strength at the moment, and we're, ha we're having a great period, is Casey – are on top undefeated as well, um, which is their feeder team, obviously. 
there's a list of players, at least half a dozen, that could easily be playing ones right now. Um, so it's an exciting time. But the last number eight I'll finish on is a player that we just recruited this year and super handy, let me tell you. Just played his first game. Um, but sadly, he'll probably go out with concussion protocol is Luke Dunstan in the number eight this year. So mm. great to see the number eight back. Um, but a pretty handy get. Yeah, good get. Over 100 games of the Saints and, yeah, hard hard at it. Yeah, so we all we all in agree that we think the Demons are going to get there. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, bombers, Bulldogs. The Bulldogs bounce back. What have the Bombers really got? This is a critical one for both teams, really. What's your thoughts, Rusty? Uh, well, I've got a big statement here. I, I don't think Footscray will make the eight, but I think they'll beat Essendon. So Footscray won't make the eight. There you go. There you go. You heard it big first scoop. here on Rusty, Rusty Football. <laughs> Only because they annoy me. Look, I think we win because I'm still concerned, as others were last year, the Doggies defenders, lack of, lack of tall defenders. Yeah, you're, you're, you've got an abundance of tall forwards that are good. <laughs> Come on, mate. Who are they gonna, it's who not are they 1984. Play? Who are they going to play on Peter? They've got no one to play on Peter Wright. They've got no one that tall. So he's a match winner, is he? No. Jeez, you're hanging he your hopes on Peter Wright. He has kicked. He has kicked seven <laughs> at Marvel. I do like him though. He's a good player. He's actually. He actually goes about it pretty well. I, better delivery. If I'm limiting yeah, the chances, and he's actually. He, he actually for, for a bloke that tall, he's amazingly agile. If you're watching. Yeah, no, he's good. I reckon they throw yeah. Peter Foster on him though. <laughs> Peter Foster. <laughs> ex Fitzroy and Footscray Great. Yeah. Oh, I used to make a mess of the demons. I only ever went to about three games as a kid because we were ordinary and my uncle wanted to take me to games that were a genuine chance to win. And I'll never forget was Western Bulldog, oh, well, Footscray back in the day, St Kilda. <laughs> and occasionally I got to see Swannies, so South Melbourne, or if I was really lucky, it'd be North or an Essendon game, sneaky Essendon game. But um, there was – I obviously had Mark Jackson in the square with the Demons doing handstands back in the day, right, losing his mm. mind. Um, Tony Lockett would absolutely destroy us and win Ma for the Saints. Yeah. And then then at the other end was Peter Foster for uh, for the Doggies. And, yeah, he was a good player. Good player. And Simon Beasley – and Terry Wallace absolutely yeah. tearing us up um, in, in the rest of it. So they were interesting days growing up as a kid. I oh, definitely um, – I love them now. But just let's finish on 13 in a row, okay? That's where the Demons are at at the moment. Good the effort. next few games, we, we've we got obviously Hawthorne. Then we've got Frio over there. Yeah. We've got Sydney. I think that's here, isn't it? Not sure. Um, sorry, these three games are at the G. And then Brisbane. Where at? So now we're really going to find out where we're currently at in the in yeah. as far as you know, three informed teams. Thoughts are I reckon we're the we're the first team that beat you. <laughs> if we be, if we win those games, we become the first team to go twenty two. 
Wow. We could go unbeaten, mate, unbeaten, and we go the first. Obviously, win more than that, but there that kicks us off and gets us going. Could we become the first team to win twenty-two in a row? Who knows? You, you'll you'll drop one that you're not expected to drop. That's the way the years always go. Oh, absolutely! I sense. totally agree with that. Yep, uh, and there's a like, chance. Like you look at mark it down now. My chance is we drop one to North. Just oh, wait. Mate. No. Just wait. No, right. You've been drinking your own bath water. <laughs> oh, mate. Mate, I'll show you some of these texts he sends me, Rusty. He's, he's got everyone no, he's to not. be cock-a-hoop, but he's very cock-a-hoop about the demons, I'll tell you. Yeah, no, that's fine. I've seen him crying in his soup when he used that's to right. buy me breakfast down at uh, Miss Marie's in Rosanna. That's right. Yeah. Any, yeah. Um, it's been a long time, so I'm just enjoying this little time and Hopefully we get to see a couple more of these. Let's see. You haven't bought me breakfast for a while, just quietly. Oh, oh. you've been on tour in uh, and in lock lockdown, and but look forward to the next catch up, Rusty. Absolutely. Before oh, my who's birthday, the next team? Who's the next team? Yeah, let's finish off. We must have one more there. Swannies. Finish uh, Sunday off at four forty. Swannies versus the Lions. This game, yeah, is... I reckon, I reckon we can beat okay. them. We've got a couple of blokes out though; they're a good side. We go all right against Brisbane, always have. So I don't yeah. know how that works because a game might have been fifteen years ago, but for some reason we always go all right against Brizzy. They're a good side though. I reckon we can beat them at the SCG. Yeah. We can smother good at the SCG. We smother teams. Because it's a postage stamp. That's a great ground to watch footy from, though. Have you ever been? Mm. Yep. The Gabba's yeah, the like Gabba's good ground to watch footy from too, as well. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Nice high stands. You're on top of it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Mm. Um, what you just let's finish on Swannies, um, Buddy Franklin. Must have been a pretty special moment. Uh, who would have thought, mate? Ten years he's been there, uh, and he's going to see yeah. that ten years out and probably go again. Um, yeah. go for one more, Rusty. What do you, where, where do you extend him? A thousand goals. What an absolute! No, we signed him for nine years. Yeah, so he's going to go one more, isn't he? Oh, I hope he does. Yeah, he's yeah. We played a gig. We did an yeah. Under the Southern Stars tour. We're in Queensland, and we just got back to just see the end of that thing, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. it Incredible. was amazing. Like that game, like the next week, I think we played Footscray. And I said to my mate, we'll lose this because the last quarter went for two hours. <laughs> two blokes got lost walking around the ground. Like, yeah, it wasn't that funny. Where, what yeah. were you doing? Yeah. yeah what about those gooses having the, the picnic? <laughs> what about those people having the picnic on the ground and Rampy having a bite of their pie? I think spreading the See ashes that? was worse, wasn't it? Oh, was someone spread the ashes? I heard, yeah, I heard that as well, yeah. Yeah, someone spread the ashes. Oh, I took an opportunity to, yeah, grandpa or grandma, pop this. I I actually took my dad on tour. My dad passed away. Did I say that before? No. No. I didn't tell you that? Yeah, so I, um, I got him from my brother in Adelaide and I uh, took him on tour. 
I actually left him at the last gig. I had to go back and get him. He didn't say anything, no. Um, yeah, so I took his ashes on tour. I took the ashes on tour and I took them out on stage. And I said to everyone, yeah, I don't want you to think this is morbid, but my dad never saw me play. So, you know, I'm bringing him on tour and they, people loved it, man. Yeah, there was one cool, um, particular crew guy, Jimmy, who just um, didn't get to see his mum before she passed away. And he was, yeah, he felt it. He felt it every time I did it. Um, it's good. Mm. The amazing crew. Yes. I want yes. them back. I want them to work for us. Just don't have any money to pay them. Yeah. <coughs> All right, Rusty, we're going to chat um, after a couple of gigs, I reckon. I reckon we bring you back before my birthday and just have a quick chat about in the lead up to the 27th. Um, yeah, we'll ask chat. him so how the tour seen, went. You can yeah, ask we'll... us how the tour went. Up here at Canadian Club or seven, mate? No, nah, I'm not having any more of them. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I only had four, but I had four in eight minutes, and that was no good. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. It's put let us claim and make responsible alcohol. It's all about that. Yeah. I didn't drive home good. though. Very responsible. All right. We'll see you later. Mate, right, great to have you on, mate. Soon, really mate. good luck with the tour. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Cheers, mate. Hey. Gotta love having Rusty a, on. Fantastic. What a star, mate. What a star. Let's, let's finish on this. Come back, lovey dovey. This is your home now. We missed the man. Where are you, lovey? <laughs> Mate, he won't be happy with that. <laughs> That'll get back. Just relax. Okay? We don't talk. We don't talk to one another. It's okay. Just on that, cuz, let's finish with that. Do we need a bit of umpire love? When's umpire appreciation round? Oh, hang on. I just gave away 50 for doing that. Yeah, you did. Look, mate, look, stating the captain obvious, you can't have a game without them, whether it's footy, cricket, whatever. You, you need your umpires, your referees, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. But in all honesty, as I said, look, and I have at times berated them and, and whatever and given them a hard time, if you actually spoke to the umpires as opposed to the umpire's coach or someone from the NFL, their job is not made easier by the constant tweaks and chinks and changes to our great game. Yep. Now, I don't want to see anybody injured, whether it's my sons in there playing a sport or whether it's someone when I'm watching the VFL, the AFL. But it's a contact sport. It's a high passion sport, people with high emotions. Hmm. As long as you are maintaining some level of decorum. Yeah. If you make a mistake and frustrate it or, the, or go to the umpire, mate, what's going on? If the umpire can't handle that, he shouldn't be or she shouldn't be an umpire. Now, yeah, I understand I why they're I doing it. a little bit more to it, cuz. I think there's a little bit more to it. And I heard Razor Ray interview today and he spoke a little bit about it. And yep. the, the issue is coming down to it's, it's that moment between blowing the whistle and giving the call and yep. then that kind of 10 seconds that happens after that call and decisions being made. Now, yep. as we know, sometimes the umpire is wrong. They yep. don't admit it and turn it over, but 
they they need to let that dust settle, and then the the question effectively, like Luke Hodge and all that, used to do it quite well. Yeah. Sometimes talking to the umpire, discussing, mate, what's going on? What's the deal with that? The the moment that's getting out a little bit out of control is that, and it's very hard to do at a heat of the moment battle when a decision gets made. Sometimes you know decisions are, are iffy. Um, you know what's right or wrong, but that's the bit they're trying to just get a hold of again. And I think other sports do it a lot better. Rugby, both rugby codes, I think are one um, that I think handle it a bit better. That's all. So we've just got to, it's just not a good look for the game as we know. Um, so let's see how it progresses. I think we just got to let the dust settle on it. Um, oh, we no, know no, what no, it's look, like. Look, 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 local, local sport. But as you know, mate, I'm involved at local footy at both senior and junior level. Now, in our game last week, where I'm involved, at one of the clubs I'm involved at, I won't say where, the umpiring, he was umpiring like it was an AFL game. Now, I'm not saying that he was wrong or right or whatever, but at local level, you need umpires, you need to respect umpires, I'm all for that. But he was so reactive in his umpiring to the point the frustration balled over, and that's where the game gets lost. Yep. From an AFL level, the players can't tell the umpire how to umpire. So when the, a player goes to ground and everyone stands up and does that, which they all do, yep. they're umpiring. That's not your gig. You yep. play. So as Ross Smith said, and not Ross Smith, Ross Lyon said, let the players play, let the umpires umpire. Don't Overcomplicate it. Hmm. Yep. So you either got to pay it every time, or you don't pay it. And as you sure. said, that's where they've got a um, Brad Scott and his and his mates have got to get it all sorted out. Because yep. I think I think a lot of the umpires are pretty good with it. But as you saw from round, excuse me, round five's games, the nine games, there was. Hang on a minute. The Friday night game, they were paying it red hot, but what happened to the Saturday afternoon game? They're not paying it. Mm. What's the difference? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's I think that's it's the only game in the world. And and the rugby league and rugby union codes, I'm a, I think they've got it great with the send-off rule and the sin bin because, to me, a 50-meter penalty is a harsh penalty. But you look at soccer and the rugby codes, if you do something untoward, and I call abusing an umpire untoward, Yep. Mate, have 10 minutes in the sin bin. That hurts the side more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. But greater um, minds than us will think about it and discuss it, mate, and we'll make decisions. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of great minds, one, one of our all-time favourite Tigers, Eddie Zamet's just jumping on. How about the teams are allowed the same amount of free kicks per game? Just an idea. Well, there's... He's, a, he's an ideas man, Eddie, isn't he? My <laughs> advice to you, Eddie... Um, you've seen the good times, mate. You've seen the good times. And <laughs> when you're first to the footy, you generally get the free kick. So sadly, right now, you boys are chasing tail um, and you had to chase tail against the demons. So look, I could give you one thing, mate. There's still some good Tigers left in the Tigers for sure. Um, there's some good times ahead. There's some great kids there. Uh, you've done an awesome job. The, the question I ask, and I've asked a few Tiger supporters, would you have won three 
if you had a one back to back the first two? And it's an interesting question that I look forward to asking Eddie on the show and in person next time because the fact they didn't win it in 18 got them so much hungrier for 19 and 20. So um, it's just a thought, just a thought, but it'd be interesting to hear from an astute football lover like Eddie um, and these lovely Tigers. Maybe you're going to do a T-shirt, Eddie. And who gets the T-shirt this year? That'll be the next question. So, <laughs> yes. Great to hear from you, mate. Um, what we are going to do is probably we're going to open the show with it, but we got waylaid, so let's close the show with it. Here we go. A new segment. Let's have a little test run, Cuz. Here we yes. go. Cuz is classic. There you go. <laughs> Spot, spend no expense on the graphics at the start there, mate. Love it. Absolutely, mate. It's um, beautiful. I kind of Michael feel like Lott. it's AA it's Saturday. Um, mate, just a look, it's very um, appropriate at the moment, obviously, with the events of Anzac Day on Monday, so 48 hours ago. Like, personally, for me, I think it's one of the most important days in our calendar. I think we, we, we really need to, especially now, with I think there's definitely, I'm pretty sure, no first war one veterans alive, and a lot of the second world war veterans now are either in their late 80s or early 90s, the ones that are alive. So I think it's not glorifying war, not at all, but I think it's just important to remember both the men and women who have served and are currently serving to give us the life that we've become, become accustomed to and allow us, especially in Australia, being where we are in the in the world sort of situation, world map, they... Um, Look, we still are in many ways, I think, the lucky country. I know it's been tough for us all the last sort of two to three years, but um, you look at events in other parts of the world, whether it's the third world or even the established world, like um, we are still the lucky country. And I think um, that's a lot to do with the sacrifices that those people have made and are continuing to make for us. That's That's my first classic moment. I think an important one. We'll see how we go going forward. I've got a couple of little little chestnuts, um, but I thought that was a very appropriate one for this to kick it off with. Totally agree, mate. I think that's a great start. And just on that, I mean, I think we do this beautifully. Um, was so good to see this happening again. Um, tributes all around the place, massive record crowds. They're expecting a lot less numbers. Fantastic to see big numbers turn out and honour uh, the veterans, um, those previous and also those currently serving. Um, and also then we go into the big games um, and obviously the biggest probably game of all next to the grand final is the Anzac game on Anzac Day. And then we have Melbourne Storm versus the Warriors, which was an incredible tribute um, as well that it, uh, that's that Melbourne Storm and New Zealand being the Anzac spirits uh, or, um, you know, were able to to do. And, and my God, what a game. Um, but interesting, uh, on the less we forget, uh, the Warriors put up best we forget. That was an absolute belting that no one other than us wanted to see as Melbourne Storm supporters. And they were just incredible and um yeah, just ruthless that game. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't hold back. And it was interesting enough. It was quite close at halftime, and they just banged on about another fifty points in the second half. So just incredible for Melbourne Storm's largest ever score. 
huge moment. Yeah, mate. As I've said to you many, many times, that their um, their franchise, for one of a better word, one of a better word, the Storm, over a long period of time now, for at least twenty odd years, has been amazing. The 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 ability for them to reinvent Bellamy one as a coach, but turn over their list and maintain such a high level of integrity as an association, but also continually putting out good performance on the park as well has been amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's finish with this. Come back, lovey-dovey. This is your home now. Come on, lovey. We've, we've gone for nearly two hours, mate. You're still a no-show. So we're expecting something big for you next week. <laughs> you are. You are one of the- the bravest men I know because next week, just a little little teaser for you, I have spent a couple of days in the last week or so with the great said lovey-dovey or whole of lovey's likes to call himself, got a few nicknames, doing a little bit of moving for him and that's been a rewarding experience for me. That's the, that's the word I'll go with, just watching him, his calm, relaxing demeanour and just how... How infectious it is. So, mate, you dropping that little chest nut, that will only, you might get a little text later on tonight from the great man. No, I'll, just, I'll just punch his pile at that one. No worries. So we are going to have some um, better intros, but I think I quite like the fact, the cheesy factor of these little intros that we're doing. But I we like look it. forward no, to launching, we look forward to launching this segment next week. Lovey loses it. That'll be classic for Lovey. Best thing about that, we've, you've gone with your own audio too. I like that too. No, very nice. Well, we spare no, very nice. spare no expense here, mate, on, on so what's been happening. Um, okay. What we're going to do to absolutely finish off, we've been finishing off for about the last hour. Um, while, the yeah. last thing, the last thing before we finish. So thanks for hanging out with me for an hour and 45 odd minutes tonight, cuz. It's been great to have a chat. We haven't Thank seen that much of each other recently, mate, but it's great to have a chat about life and what's going on and what's happening in the outside world. And one of the absolute little gems that I found recently at a gig, um, it was a Christian Mizzy gig, actually, at East Brunswick Club. East Brunswick Club? Brunswick Ballroom, my apologies. Um, I found this beautiful soul called Hannah Schmidley. I just want to play this little track of hers to finish off. Thanks again, Cuz, and look forward to seeing you on episode good, 72. 72. Cheers, mate. See you, mate. Have a good one. You too.